This is the Mission Matters Podcast Show, where our goal is to engage, encourage, and equip Christians to live on mission daily. To learn more about the show, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missionmatters.org or sign up for our newsletter online at missionmatters.org. And now, without further ado, let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome to today's episode of Mission Matters. My name is Charlie Zahari, and I'll be joined by our co-host today, Clint Cleland. Thank you, Charlie. I've been looking forward to this conversation today. We have the privilege of uh, speaking with Steve Youngren, the Director of Compassion Connection. Steve is calling us today from the country of Ecuador. Steve, welcome to the call today. Great. Good to be with you. The first question that we wanted to ask you today um, was just tell us a little bit about your ministry not too deep. What is it that you guys are doing in Ecuador right now? Sure. Um, yeah, we were in Ecuador, in Quito, Ecuador, primarily working with the area of uh, training and church planters and planting churches uh, that are authentic, that are gospel-centered, very Christ-centered churches, so that his kingdom and his glory can be extended through uh, those local churches through pastors that are being trained in a way that uh, really reflects who he is, what he's, what God's all about, and what his heart is uh, for uh, people and for this world. Okay, so it's primarily a church planning ministry with uh, yes. with a strong leaning towards uh, teaching the word. Steve, can you uh, kind of go into a little bit about you know how what happened? How did God plant the seed into your heart? Um, and what's your background? Where did you come from? How did you end up getting into the position you are today? Sure. At a fairly young age, I was in the Air Force. Uh, when I first came out of high school, my wife and I got married. We started working in a local church uh, as uh, just, just helping serve in whatever we could. And um, God really began to put on my heart uh, a desire and a sense of, of, of call toward people call towards um, communicating what he had done in me, what he is, what he wants to do in others and uh, helping in that way. And I just started serving where I could. Um, that eventually turned into um, a, a call towards full-time ministry. We spent um, almost 17 years in the United States in various capacities of uh, pastoral ministry, working with young people, working with uh, um, evangelistic uh, opportunities that were afforded, um, and then uh, as a senior pastor as well. It was during that time that God also opened up doors for us to go beyond um, the United States, visit missionaries, uh, see the opportunities there, and realize that God had also put apart uh, a shape, something in my own heart that uh, just kept coming back to a call to uh, the Latin America specifically, but outside of uh, the nation of, uh, outside of my own country. And uh, we began to do that, saw tremendous need, tremendous need for not only the gospel, but tremendous need for just helping uh, train people to take that gospel and to really share it in a way that um, that demonstrates as well as communicates the love of God 
for everyone. I jokingly say I left a piece of my heart on the in the mission field every time I went until um, I realized that that's where my heart was. And then we changed our calling. We spent five years in Mexico. And then uh, for the last 10 and a little over 10 years, we've been in Ecuador uh, working here. Actually, my senior year of high school, uh, God really visited our high school in an, in an incredible way. Um, and uh, just through a, a, a few young people that had um, made a decision, they were going to bring their Bibles to school. And if anybody asked them why they had a Bible, they would start sharing faith. And uh, that little group of five is Five young people grew to about 300 people, and one of them was my wife. Uh, that was I didn't even know her at the time, and uh, and it was during that time that God just got a hold of my heart and uh, totally transformed my life. And it was something so real and so powerful that uh, yeah, just kind of rocked my world. Wow! So you go from um, high school coming to Christ, and you go into the military. Um, did you have any thoughts while you were in the military that it might turn into something that would be a life calling for you, ministry in general? Um, at first, no. I actually, when I went into the military, it was sort of kind of a, because I had wasted all my high school years. It was a, it was a seventies. I don't know if you're familiar with those years, but I was a little bit on a crazy side, and uh, and so going into the military was like. Okay, now now that I've, I've given my life to Christ, I better do something uh, with my life. And so uh, I found that the recruiter actually had a wonderful plan for my life. And, uh, and I ended up going in the military because of that. But during that time, uh, God began working in my heart. That's where it started. Okay, so you, you complete your duty in the military. Um, yeah. When you come out, do you go right to work or how does that transition go? How does that work into the ministry? Well, I started actually taking courses and, and uh, uh, doing studies, theological studies, ministerial studies while I was in the Air Force. And then the church that we were working in actually asked me to come on as a youth pastor. And then after that, I went and actually got uh, formal theological and ministerial education and just continued on in ministry, uh, working both in in a variety of settings, uh, mainly with youth and music, and then um, the area of evangelism in a local church, and then from there, senior pastor. Was there a transition where you realized um, God was calling you into church planning specifically? Yeah, what basically happened is that um, we went on to we went into a Latin American mission primarily to help uh, pastors and. Uh, ministers grow uh, theologically. There's a huge need for training in Latin America. Um, Ecuador, for instance, has only 17% of those that pastor have had any kind of training. Um, so there's a huge need for that, and that's really where we went. But as we were there, we began to feel God's tug towards planting uh, a church and planting a model church from which other churches can be planted. And that's how that evolved, uh, really believing that God uses, a, that his idea for the local church is to really allow his kingdom to be, to shine through it. And, um, and many times, um, you know, local churches, I think have lost, they lose that vision 
And so they end up becoming kind of little castles in which people just kind of uh, stay inside and and, uh, and pray that Jesus comes back. As you transferred out from uh, more of a senior pastor role into a um, missionary type role, was mm-hmm. that was that a feeling that you had in the U.S. church that you were trying to get away from, or um, it was it something completely different that you just felt a unique calling? Um, and it's that you went to Mexico first. So was there a unique calling in Mexico that drew you into the mission field? Yeah, it was. It, there was there was that real sense of seeing seeing a need and realizing for at least at that point in my life uh, sensing that um, that God would allow my life to count more for his kingdom by following the call towards a mission in a Latin country and that uh, not that I didn't feel that I was being effective in the states it was more just that sense of this is where God would want me to invest my life uh, in order to see his kingdom extended in a greater way. You mentioned the word feeling. What, mm-hmm. is, what is that? I mean, we all have feelings that we think we should do something. I think yeah. the issue is, is we don't quite understand when that feeling is God speaking to us and when we sure. should actually act on that feeling. Maybe you can give us some insights on, on that specific time in your life. How, did you, how were you able to differentiate the two? Sure. Well, I think I'm I'm a little wired up to to uh, just naturally to trust my gut a lot, on a lot of things, and I sensed in my in my heart that there was something going on. I didn't know exactly all of what it was from almost the second time I was in a foreign country, and I began to just really pray, um, seek God on it. Um, obviously. I, I understood and had a lot of friends that were in missions, and and uh, God seemed to also uh, give real favor um, in in my opportunities. Even as a pastor going and visiting missionaries, I saw that there was favor and the ability to relate cross culturally, and and some of those things. And also, a huge part of it was. Um, just walking alongside, looking for confirmation of what I had a sense of in my spirit um, from my wife and just really taking the time with her to, to just pray, sharing with her that I had this, had this sense of what's going on and, um, and just being patient. But probably it was at least three years uh, from the time that I first started sensing this is where things were going till um, there was just one kind of confirmation after another that that wasn't just a just a feeling, but it was something that God was actually doing. Speaking of uh, your wife and and, and mm-hmm. being in prayer with her on this, can you talk about that dynamic a little bit? I feel like God gave me uh, my wife, and that we're one, and so I. I uh, I really believe that as he would lead lead me, um, he will be also uh, confirming that with her. And so I'm I've always been the type that I'm I've not been the type that felt like okay this is what I feel we should do so just get on board. I really take the time. I want to sense that she's she feels um, that sense of. Uh, 
of commitment right alongside of me. She may not feel the same calling, but I want to know that she recognizes this is something that God's doing. And uh, and that's kind of what happened there. It's a process. At first, when we talked about it, she was saying, I don't know. And, and I'm not real sure that this is, I don't know what all this means. I know I can see that God's I can see God in it, but I also want to just be careful because of family and all of the different uh, all the different elements involved. And I and we just took time to pray and just keep seeking the Lord. And then it came to that point where she just really recognized alongside of me that this was a God thing and that we needed to follow that. But it sounds like of those confirmations, that was probably one of the biggest confirmations that when your wife. Um had the same feeling about um, what you guys should be doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I kind of would like to transition a little bit into maybe some, um, a specific story that's come out of the ministry in Ecuador that you feel has uniquely brought glory to God. Well, I, I honestly, I think our church La Fuente right now is a, is a beautiful picture of what God is doing. We have a real broad swath of people that represent different classes, represent different uh, education, formation. Um, and they are coming together. Uh, we've been able to see uh, not only people come to Christ for the first time in their life, but also people that have um, been a part of things that were not really reflective of, of the gospel itself. Um, grab a hold of the gospel in ways that uh, that ends up transforming them and they end up being able to speak truth to others in a way that they never thought of before, as well as us seeing ourselves being right alongside of them in that process, that that we're all in, in process of allowing God to make us into the people he wants us to be. And, and so it's been really fun to watch that some very live examples of people that have come to Christ through some of the uh, mercy kind of outreaches that we do. And then they in turn are bringing their families in and they're becoming part of an integral part of our body. Uh, well, there's two things that you talked about that I'd like to hit on. One, the transformative power of the gospel and how that's impacting the people in the area that you're ministering in. And you, mm -hmm. you mentioned one is poverty. And mm -hmm. I always think it's neat that the gospel is the answer to all of man's problems. Exactly. Could you explain a little bit about how the gospel is able to impact poverty where you guys are at? Sure. Um, yeah, this is this is actually a passion of mine. <laughs> so Perfect. I, uh, uh, yeah, we we really believe um, that the gospel, when the gospel comes in in power uh, and in truth, um, it is meant to restore relationship with God, first of all, because that's where all relationship flows from. So first of all, with God, but then also it's meant to restore relationships with one another. And that doesn't just mean those inside the church it starts it starts penetrating the way we look at our families the way we look at our own backgrounds the way we look at society and the way society looks at us it begins to redeem and transform our view and take away and break the lies that have been so present many times in whatever our 
whatever our uh, background has come from. And then from there, it also is meant to uh, restore and redeem our relationship with the things of this earth. And so things like work and things like, uh, and, and, and our possessions and all of those things, uh, God just starts working his way into our lives. He works into all of those areas. So it starts with our relationship with God, but then it begins to transform marriage, family, uh, our family backgrounds. It begins to break down uh, prejudices or, or worldviews that have, in a sense, kept us trapped in a way of thinking about ourselves or about, or about others. It just begins to re- redeem all of that and put it into something that is more um, focused on on his, uh, the way he created us to be with him and walk with him and to manifest his kingdom. You had mentioned when you bring, when you, when God gives you the opportunity to bring in new members into the church, they are quickly going out and sharing this with their family members. Um, it sounds to me like somehow you are putting the DNA of church planting into the congregation. Could you expound on that? Sure. That's, that's, yeah, from the very get go, the people that we are training, we're training them with a, with a vision and a, and a view to see that God's, God's plan has been to establish uh, local churches as a, as the agencies of his kingdom. Maybe we could say it that way, <laughs> where, where they end up, um, manifesting all of those kingdom values, all the kingdom message of, of, of God who loves and, and, and has given himself for us in spite of us and to transform us into people that look more like he intended us uh, from the beginning, uh, from the beginning of creation to display his glory. And so that, uh, I believe so strongly that that is, that is the intent of the local church. It is what he designed the local church to be. And so it makes sense that right from the beginning, as we plant a church, that people would see that local churches um, that are God-glorifying, uh, gospel-centered, uh, Jesus-centered uh, local churches are the answer to extending the gospel and God's kingdom um, throughout everywhere. As you've been uh, developing this church planting culture, have you seen people from within the congregation kind of um, get the same sort of desire to go out and plant new churches? Have you had any of those experiences, or is that something you're looking into uh, moving forward? Yeah, it's interesting. I just was talking to a couple guys today, and uh, they all, they recognize, they were just sharing how they recognize that, and, and uh, you know... Um, beginning to watching them as God is showing, giving them the vision for some of these extended areas that we, we have some people coming from, but really need, they really need a local church and just hearing their hearts to say, as they're saying, and they're just these, the two I was talking with at least are, are nine to five guys like yourself that, that want to, they want to see God's kingdom extended through local church in these other areas as well. And, and from my own, uh, having walked alongside them now, I see every bit of that potential in them. And so it's just kind of fun to, um, in a, in, a, in, a, in a way, envision together God's kingdom being extended. Guys that are 
that I've worked with from the very beginning, the pastors here, they all have that same heartbeat. We're uh, next year we're starting a church planters residency program right in within our church so that all of those that feel that desire can just get the training and the equipping to go out and do that. We're interested in how you define what it is to live on mission and how mm-hmm. living on mission has impacted your life. Really, from my standpoint, this this the heart of it's living on mission is a heartbeat of being a Christian. Um, I don't really see it as something that uh, we do with a trip or we we take a um, we take we we have a certain thing that we want to focus on. Uh, but it's like God just permeating our life with opportunities to display God's message, to display God's character, to display His love to all peoples. And when we really, when we really catch it, I believe it. It kind of transforms everything that we do. It affects the way we view church. It affects the way we view our work. It affects the way we view our marriage, our family, our possessions, literally everything. I don't plan on being buried when I die, but if I had a gravestone, Mark 8, 34 and 35 would be the verses that I put on it. And that's that if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospel will find it. And and that idea of for my sake and the gospel implies to me the two directions of life that we're wired up for as believers. And that's God focused and the gospel is is horizontal. It's it's looking at the world the way G- Jesus looked at the world, giving ourselves up for it. And so that's 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 that idea of mission in our life, and it gets down into just decisions that we make. Um, it, you know, my wife, my wife and I, for now, for for a while now, have um, really practiced trying to live very simply. Um, even things like clothing, we we just have a certain space that we put we we have of clothes and once there's any clothes added to it whether they're given or whether they're bought um we just go through it again and then start giving those away those are that's a simple little little thing two things like um strategizing for what we're going to do with our vacation strategizing what we're going to do with our resources how we're going to manage our lives for the sake of the kingdom and it also affects the way we we live in community with people in our home and our, 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 the things that we own and possess. How are we making those available to, for the kingdom of God? How are we using them for, uh, to make a difference with other people's lives? And, um, you know, one of the things that we, we have the privilege of is to be in a foreign country. Um, and, uh, you know, God's, God is about the nation. So even though mission may start right next door, it really does extend to all the nations and being able to see that no matter where I live, my life can affect and can have a, a, a missional, uh, purpose and, um, reach, 
through prayer, through giving, through being aware of everybody and really truly feeling um, and sharing with believers across the world and also with the today the short-term opportunities that are given um, all over to be able to be a part of, of world missions, not only home missions. For our listeners out there who are trying to figure out or discern what God wants them to do, um, we want to live on mission, but just quite haven't quite figured it out. What what would be your advice to them? Uh, you know, there's a lot of good there's a lot of good resources, um, a lot of good places that you can go for that. Um, uh, there's a there's a website called Verge Network. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's vergenetwork.org. Um, they're specifically geared towards missional communities, but um, and, I, and I don't know if you're familiar with those either, but the one of the things about missional communities is people that are have that same kind of a heartbeat, they gather together as a, as a small group, and then they begin to plan and, and strategize how their community can just begin to have an impact on whatever it is. Um, our particular church uses that model, and one of our one of our missional communities works a lot with uh, a local uh, governmental hospital. Another one uh, works with a, a food outreach area. Um, and um, we're playing with the idea of uh, adopting an orphanage. And so there's a lot of different ways, but Virgin Network has a lot of great articles about um, how to do, how to live missionally. You know, there's a couple books that I... I I would recommend one, at least from an inspirational standpoint, is Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. It's an awesome book, and it has it has set, uh, I know, a number of people on a, a whole new way of thinking about their lives. And then um, Total Church uh, by Steve Timmis and Tim Chester. It's a great book um, uh, on just... Uh, on how to look at church differently and begin to see that God's plan for the local church is is, uh, is way bigger um, than a lot of times we perceive of what it's being and, and, and beginning to, I think it breaks out, it helps people to expand their thinking um, about what what is possible as believers who gather together and, uh, and begin to think in terms of, of mission as being a part of what it means to live in community. Could you go ahead and tell us your website? Yeah, it's, it's CompassionConnection.net. If people are interested, how could they get involved in your ministry? Well, they can go on the website and there are ways, there's a, there's, it lists some ways that they can be involved with that. Um, you obviously prayer is, is um, I mean that I know that sounds like a very missionary answer, but in all honesty, uh, that is makes a huge difference. Um, we are also uh, from the standpoint of furthering the kingdom, and resources are always helpful as far as finances and teams that would want to come down and help. We've we've designed ways in which um, our, our short term teams really do contribute to the long term mission here. And um, and so it'd just be a matter of uh, of connecting with us through the website as to as to how to how to how to make that happen. Do you have some specific um, things that we could be praying uh, on your behalf for? Sure. Yeah. One would be uh, specifically be praying for 
this next year, there's a year of transitioning. We're uh, passing the baton of leadership in the local church here to uh, an Ecuadorian young man. And I will be focusing a lot more of my energies and time on the training of new pastors and new planters and teachers. Um, and so that transition, all of that. We're also, Lord's blessed us to, and we're looking to link arms uh, with some um, ministries that will help us in that training time so that all that will go well. Um, and also just, uh, you know, we're, we're grandma and grandpa, actually. And so, you know, praying for us as, as just people that have our grandkids. Most of our grandkids are up in the United States while we're here in Ecuador and so that, and our, our children are up there. So that becomes kind of a heart heart prayer that you can just pray that God will help us to constantly keep our keep our hearts uh, in a good space with all of that. Um, we're also going to be going up to the States these next, uh, in a month, and uh, for the purposes of doing some fundraising. And so you can be praying that God will help supply all the, all the needs. Um, we've, the last, it's been 10 years since we've done anything like that. And so um, we've, we are, the ministry has grown and uh, there's a need for us to have our budget grow with it. <laughs> so that you can be praying for those things as well. Well, I really appreciate your time. It's been a blast talking to you. And if I could, I'd like to close us out in prayer. Love that. All right, Father, we come before you. I'm just real thankful that you've allowed us to have this conversation, God. And um, we just want to lift up Steve and his wife and um, his kids and his grandkids and just ask, Lord, that you would uh, really continue to give him a vision of what it is that you uh, have placed him on this earth to do, God. And as he pursues your heart, I pray, Father, that you would provide for all of their needs, God. We pray, Lord, that uh, the ministry would greatly impact the people of Ecuador, that hearts would be transformed by the gospel, that a lot of the social issues, God, would be radically changed because of the gospel and that you would receive the glory for that. So we thank you for this time. We trust that you um, are definitely in the middle of this ministry, and we look forward to seeing what you have in the future. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We pray you've been engaged, encouraged, and equipped to more fully live out God's mission plan for your life. Don't forget to follow and share us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash missionmatters.org and sign up for our newsletter at missionmatters.org. Until next time, may you live passionately on mission for the glory of God. <laughs>